I'm Jakob Woigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting out about business endpoints. We're chatting about what endpoints are, what the common mistakes are when providing it uh, to users, and what the major trends for 2023 are. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how endpoints can make your users more productive. I'm uh, honored to be joined by Sudesh Pillay and Robert Kroger from iStore Business. Guys, welcome. Morning, Yaku. So we, Morning, Yaku. Thanks for having us. Thank you for, for joining us. And like I said, this is the first one for 2023. So uh, let's set the bar for the rest of the year. So we uh, always start the show by just a little bit of a background of our guests. So maybe each of you can just take uh, 30 seconds and tell us how you got to where you are. Sudesh? Uh, uh, When people ask me what what I do, I always say I'm a a salesman. And I'm a salesman by heart. Um, um, I'm a a qualified – I have a a degree in IT, but um, I spent – I would say 95% of my career in sales um, and 90% of that in the, in the tech space. Um, all the way from um, hardware, software, cybersecurity. Um, and um, now I head up um, iStore Business and um, um, enjoy uh, um, the challenge um, that, um, that is South Africa, and that is the private sector and public sector is in South Africa, and um, yeah, just having fun. Excellent, thank you, Sudesh. Robert. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm the I'm the Apple business manager for iStore Business, which really is looking at programs that drive productivity, that drive um, end users, like being able to enjoy themselves, use their devices as you know as productively as possible, and taking the Apple programs out into the corporate space. Been with Astor Business for the last what sixty seven years, and the group for the last fourteen. Okay, excellent. So your so your job is uh, is basically convincing businesses that Apple is not just a, a shiny status symbol. It's not, that's exactly it. That it's not a shiny, expensive toy. That it has got a great use, and it can actually do well in the corporate environment. Okay, fantastic. So, so let's jump straight into that. So, when we talk about endpoints, we're we talking about endpoints now. We're not just talking about PCs anymore. So, um, I assume that's because the ecosystem has changed and there's more devices than just the, the PC that sits in this ecosystem. So, what what does this ecosystem of of endpoints in the in the business space look like? It's it's changed remarkably, and you know it's. I, I saw there was a tweet the other day that I read, and it's been 16 years since the first iPhone, and then you had the iPad that came out, um, sort of 2010, and consumer devices they've really transformed how we do business, and I think it's it's the right question, yeah, is is what is an endpoint these days? You know, we've had COVID where endpoints was. A lot of users, let's say non-knowledge workers, was a desktop, and that's changed to a PC because you had to be mobile working from home. And then how do you find that right endpoint? I mean, a tablet is a great tool. You know, an iPad in terms of your field team, your sales team that are out there, and then even things like phone. So Sudesh and I had a, a session the other day down in Cape Town, and we asked people, which device could you do without? And there was a surprising amount of people that said, my phone, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on the go, um, email, it's getting more and more useful. And as the technology changes, 
you know of clients, for instance, Schindler's Lift, they use an iPhone for the engineers. Right? They do everything off it. So I think the first question is, how do your employees get the most out of their endpoints? And what is the right form factor for them? Do they need long battery life, not, et cetera? So, so that's actually a, a interesting conversation because um, I'm wondering – uh, you know, like I spend the bulk of my time in the in the SME space, and I think when when we're talking about uh, endpoints, I think people, the the older generation, if you want to call it, uh, still default to just thinking about the the PC or the laptop. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the, the the game has shifted, and especially if you've got, I don't know what they call themselves now. It's not millennials anymore, Gen X, Gen Z, whatever. Um, it's just automatic where there's at least multiple devices, uh, even from a personal perspective, that they bring into this business environment. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think they're getting used to it, you know, in terms of how to use it. But yeah, sorry, Sadesh, you had a thought there. <laughs> yeah, I think that they're just born into a different world, right? Um, the, the new generation is, is born into a, a mobile world an on-demand world and a flexible world where I think previous generations were born into an eight to five and you came home and you didn't have a computer at home or you had a computer at home that you just switched on that took 15 minutes to dial up to a 256 connection. Um, but but um, uh, the new generation are, are content creators more than they consumers. So they're creating content all the time. They're sharing their thoughts all the time. So they need the mobility. I mean, if we, if we even think beyond that and we think, um, and, and we look at what's happened to the world in the last three years, there was this mobility revolution that started about 10 years ago, where we moved from desktops to laptops and tablets and iPhone really changed the game and smartphones really changed the game. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and this pandemic hit and we went to a work from anywhere scenario. So now we have a situation where we are not confined by geography. We're not confined by real estate or office space. We're not confined by anything. We can work in a coffee shop. We can work at home. We can work in the airport and we can have a meeting and we can stick our earpods in or our headphones in and we can have a, a, a conference. Um, we have uh, people that sit in country working for foreign companies. And this all has to do with endpoints. It's about the endpoint enabling the job role. It's about the endpoint enabling productivity because with the incorrect endpoint, the person can't be productive. Uh, the person can't do what we're doing right now. We're sitting in three completely different locations and we're having a great conversation that's probably going to be recorded and uploaded straight after this. That's That in itself is exactly where the world is right now. So I'm I'm jumping the gun a bit, but uh, you actually alluded to that now. So do you think that that – Business have kept up to date with the pace at which that uh, behavior has grown. Um, and I, I can take my own environment as an example. Um, even as, even as, uh, uh, as like three years ago, I had like outsourced IT guys. I was looking after the environment and I'd walk into the office and then a user would come to me and say, listen, my, my laptop is, is slow or broken or whatever. And then when we, when you speak to, to the IT guys, oh, yeah, that's just Steve. He just, he just wanted a, a new laptop. The one that he's got is actually perfect. So that, that there's, there's always for me been a, a little bit of a disconnect between, um, how business view, what the, the, the productivity that, that they can extract out of an endpoint or out of the end user by giving them the correct endpoint. So, Yaka, maybe, I think the way to answer it, and it's a discussion we've been having, and I think we're starting to see a switch in businesses 
as there's, there's like a new generation almost of CIO and CTO that are realizing this and they're going, I've got to keep my whole workforce productive. And so you're seeing it in some leading companies and innovative companies in South Africa where they're saying performance is critical and productivity is critical. And then you've got the human element coming in. And the, these are really the leaders. It's by no means the majority where they're saying if a person can finish their job quicker and, they, and we've upgraded them earlier, they're happier or they can do more. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a, I'm sure you all get it. You get a call from a call center agent. And I actually had it yesterday. And the call center agent phones me as a practical one. So not a knowledge worker. So the guy doing 60 calls a day. And whilst he's speaking to me, I go, okay, cool, I'm interested. Three times he had to tell me that he's waiting for his system to load. Oh, my word. Okay, that added on a minute into it. And it's a, it's a big financial institution. So now that guy does 60 calls. Let's say he's lost a minute with me. Now, first of all, they managed to get hold of me. You only answer one out of 20 calls. So there's an opportunity lost there. So I might have hung up said, oh, sorry, third time, I'm not waiting for you anymore. Your system's slow. So are they on the right device? You know, so I actually asked him, I said, what are you using? No, I'm in the office. Okay, so it's not his internet. And, you know, how's your PC? Oh, no, it's a bit old. <laughs> okay. Now, there's a classic example of procurement or finance saying we're going to stretch the life, the life cycle of this asset till it breaks. And it's impacting on productivity. But nobody's really being measured on that except for, you know, that person at the end of the day for his incentive. So I do think a change is required. I do think, sorry, here comes the lawnmower. Two seconds. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, th- I think just to add to that, Yako, um, I think tech, tech was, tech, technology was seen as an enabler in business. Um, that, that no longer is the case. Technology is no longer just an enabler in business. Businesses can't survive without technology. You can't connect, you can't communicate, you can't run systems, you can't run processes. Everything is in the cloud. Everything's available online. So without tech, you, you, you can't actually, um, um, exist, um, in, in today's world. And, and to, to add to what Rob was saying, it's like, you know, we, we, we see people and, and endpoints as this wet towel that we're trying to wring out as much as possible. And we keep twisting it, we keep twisting it, we keep twisting it, and we sweat that asset for seven years and for eight years. And, um, you know, maybe the CTOs and the heads of procurements are getting great KPAs because they're making the budget stretch and they're spending less every year and they're making more money. But nobody's looking at the cost or the loss of productivity, the loss in hours. Uh, You know, a simple example that um, uh, we like to use all the time is like, how much of time do you think users lose simply by um, um, opening and closing their laptop and waiting for the machine to start up? So if you, you lose 30 seconds at a time, one minute at a time, I know users that lose up to three minutes because it needs to connect to their cybersecurity and it needs to log in and then it needs to connect to a server and then come back. So if you lose three minutes of time and, I don't know, you open and close your laptop 10 times, that's 30 minutes a day. That's just a complete loss in productivity. But nobody looks at that cost. We look at the, the sort of label cost on that endpoint and we say that endpoint cost us 15,000 Rand. We're going to write that off over five years, but we're actually going to keep it in users' hands for seven years. Nobody looks at the cost of actually that the battery on that laptop has been replaced three times. So that's another 3,000 Rand that should be added to the 15,000 Rand. That's nobody that- looks at the downtime. That's that total cost, cost of ownership. Cost of support. Yeah. 100%. That's, that's exactly what it is. 
And, uh, that, and adding to that is your support costs. You know, you were talking about outsourcing your IT support costs. What about your 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 actual support engineers that you need to support a failing endpoint real estate, um, where you know you, you're having a repetitive cycle of the same ticket being logged day after day after day. So your support engineers get frustrated because their job becomes monotonous and they're completely just restarting machines all the time or reloading software or. Uh, doing things that aren't challenging for for them, so it's this vicious cycle where where the user um, is not enabled or empowered to to compete or be productive. Um, IT are completely frustrated because they know it's an estate that shouldn't be supported and should be upgraded. But from a finance perspective, on the budget and on the income statement, things look good because the dollar boxes are being ticked. The vendors are happy because. Um, uh, they sell more peripherals. They sell more hardware. They're doing more swap outs, um, and and there's more stickiness from a from a, a supplier client relationship perspective. So, so can we on that point? Um, can we? What are the elements that should be considered as part of this total cost of ownership? I think you alluded to a lot of them now. But if if I'm now looking at this um, with a almost in a greenfield type of scenario. How do I know what the great point endpoints are to position for my for my users? So, Yoko, I think the, the first thing to do is to look at the role and to look at your estate. You know, so if you're an SME, you're typically using off-the-shelf software. You're not a big organization using legacy software or things that are complicated. So in that case, it's just a matter of saying what will work. And then what environment do I work in? Am I presenting? Am I creating? Am I building? You know, so depending on that, you might decide, like, do I need long battery life? Am I always there? So am I presenting side by side? And then you decide between a tablet, a phone, or, you know, a notebook to make sure that that matches you. I think the second thing is, to, from a, your device perspective, is how you're going to manage it. And what is in there? What's built in? Is there security already built in, or do you need to add it on top? Um, what licensing do I need? Because the licensing in the software is... The actual hardware componentry cost is between 25 and 35% of your total cost of ownership. The rest really? is software yes. support, maintenance, etc. And And when you look at it over the lifespan, that makes a huge difference to an SME. Um, if I'm an SME, I've got to make the, I do have to make the budget stretch. So do I go with quality up front? Do I go with something like, you know, that and, and put it out? But then at least I know I've got the option of something that is going to be supported for quite a long period of, of time um, that might be important so I think from an SME it's different for a large organization it's how do I deploy because you're deploying thousands of units so are you using things like zero touch or autopilot have you got it optimized in your business that you can basically ship a device straight to the end user they open it up and they they're running it's you know that's that's a critical piece because you save a lot of time in that space so um, so, so, so uh, I think then what I get out of this, a lot of the time people look at the capital cost of the, of the device, but they don't understand what, um, that the cost to deploy or support that goes to a different line item. And then they go, yeah, well, I save money because I bought uh, the cheapest laptop Correct. on the market, but, uh, there's other hidden costs. I'm just spending the money in a different place. That's exactly it. And often the money you're spending in a different place is you overspending two, three times because you haven't done the homework properly. 
And then, and then um, I, I know, uh, um, I'm sure that's still happening in, in most organizations. I know in, in, in our organization, it's like that, uh, that, that end point is almost seen as a bit of a status symbol. You know, the new guy that comes in, he gets a hand-me-down because the guy that's been there for 10 years, he must get a newer, newer piece of equipment now and all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, th- those, that cost of ownership, uh, that's such an important, um, item that I think people just overlook. And I mean, uh, I mean, it's news to me to, to think of that the cost of the device is only 30 to 35% of your total cost. That's just, it's just insane. Um, yeah, you just, you just mentioned something really uh, interesting that I want to touch on and it's so perplexing. But why do we employ top skill and give them hand me downs? Why are we paying people high cost to companies? And we give them a machine or an endpoint that doesn't even, I don't know, it's probably 1% or less than 1% of their total cost to company um, on an annual basis. It, it, it literally does not make sense. Um, you know, the world over, especially South Africa right now, we have a massive talent retention problem. Not only are we losing talent to local competitors, but we're losing talent to foreign companies that are not forcing you to immigrate. You're literally working at home in South Africa. You're working for an American company or a European company or an Asian company, wherever in the world. Um, my wife actually works for one. And I mean, they literally just shipped a brand new machine to her in the box. She works from home. She opened it and she was up and running. Um, but in South Africa, we still, and it, it goes back to that asset sweating problem is, is we still want that asset to sort of run its lifespan. But when we talk about talent retention, if I'm a senior consultant and I've just been employed and I've just been promoted and all of a sudden I get this thick laptop that's got dust and sticky keys and how do I feel as a person? Um, how does that make me feel as a new employee at the company? Do I feel valued? Do I feel like I actually want to be here? Do I feel enabled or empowered to do my work? It's really, really perplexing that enterprises don't see this. And it's such an easy, um, such an easy fix in, in my mind. And, um, uh, talking about that, um, we, we always use this, this metric. So if you, if you pay somebody, let's say hypothetically 10, 10 grand a month, which is obviously low, but I mean, just for example, that that salary is costing you one rand twenty five a minute. Um, so, if if that person has has got thirty thirty minutes a day where they've got to wait for the machine, or the this or the that, um, uh, you just see those costs ramp up. Uh, and and actually talking about that, um, our previous uh, outsourced IT, I used to say to them, listen, I want to I want to pay you. So that I don't have problems. I want to pay you so that when I walk into the office, I don't have eye, big eyes looking at me and saying, okay, my laptop is now broken. And then here we go off on a, on a tangent. And I mean, we haven't even spoken about the implication in the last two years of what happened to supply chains or, or anything like that. I mean, I, I think if somebody, if you, if you had a scenario where somebody's endpoint or their PC had to, had to say goodbye today, how many days are that person going to sit there? drinking coffee, staring at a, at a blank desk. And, you know, maybe that person might say, well, you know, I'm going to have more coffee and tell everybody about what I did on my December holiday. But for the business, it's a, it's an expensive, and it's, it's almost like a blind or hidden cost, you know? 
Thanks for listening to Unbundled Boost, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to boost business in South Africa. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website, and for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you want to know more about Catalytic, please visit catalytic.co.za.